to the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you are stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my friend Liz Marie Galvin. You can find her on Instagram at Liz Marie Galvin. She is the author of Cozy White Cottage, 100 Ways to Love the Feeling of Being Home, and her newest book that we're going to be chatting about later today called Cozy White Cottage Seasons, 100 Ways to Be Cozy All Year Long. In Liz's newest book, she intentionally walks us through a beautiful guide for creating moments of coziness that draw out the best of each season by sharing tips and tricks that she's learned along the way, checklists, recipes, and how-tos for creating a cozy atmosphere within our means. I just know that y'all will absolutely adore the opportunity to get to know her on a little more personal level. So Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm really excited. Before we get started and before we chat about your newest book, I would love for you to share a little bit about where you're at right now in your home and in your family, your farm life. It's just all so beautiful, but you share the reality of it too. That's why I just love you so much is because you share the heart of home. And so would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So right now I live on a farm, a very small farm. It's just under 10 acres in West Michigan. I live here with my husband, who is a Marine Corps veteran and our adopted son, Copeland Bow. And it's been a journey. So we've been here for six years. The house was built in the 1800s. And so we've been slowly, slowly, slowly renovating it and making it our own. We've had a huge pause since becoming parents. Our son just turned three. And so I'm sure a lot of people listening know how that goes. So we haven't been super exciting on the blog and social media lately with projects, but we're getting back into that and it feels really good. Slowly growing our farm as well. We have sheep, bees, chickens and pheasants and alpacas and all of the things here on the farm. So that's been really fun too. My husband, Jose, grew up on a farm. And so he, you know, knew a lot about it already and loved the lifestyle. And it was always a dream of mine. So it feels like a dream come true to be able to do this and to be raising our son in it as well. That is so sweet. And you're right. Life does kind of pause when you have children and you kind of have to adapt and learn a new way with them in tow. And as they grow older, it'll change through the seasons. I'd love to know a little bit about your heart for home, where that came from. You share it so beautifully on Instagram and in your blog and not just like the beautiful moments of home, but also like the building and the aesthetic and how to do that. And you share recipes and tips and all that, but it had to have come from someone maybe in your life 
life, somewhere in your life. Where did that journey start and where are your roots from? Yeah. So I was always the kid growing up that didn't watch cartoons. I was always watching home decor shows. And so I I always had the passion for making spaces beautiful, but I didn't realize when I was growing up, the desire to just have a very cozy and welcoming home and a beautiful home. And that was something that my grandma always had. And I always said that she was like a second mom to me because I spent a lot of my teen years living at their house. And I just loved her routines and her passions. I really love being around people that are very sure of what they want and they're not afraid to say it. And I loved how she would select things for her home and give a reason just for why she brought that piece in and why another piece wouldn't work. I just really respect that. And I hope that I'm the same way in that aspect, but her home was always just so cozy. And so as I became older, I got married very young at 19 and moved away from family very far away. And I didn't know anybody in our new town and my husband deployed. And so I think it just became so natural in me to create a safe haven And then after that, we started going through infertility and miscarriages, and we went on to lose 11 babies and went through 10 years of infertility. And so then I was creating a safe haven for my husband and I, you know, to retreat to, because that was a very hard time for us. And I was sharing our home on the internet at the time, and people started pointing out, wow, your home is so cozy. They were saying things like that. And so that's what made me realize that I was creating these cozy spaces. It was just something that was very natural to me. What do you think cozy actually means? Like what is cozy to you? What does that mean? So cozy to me is my five senses being at peace at once. And I love explaining it that way because I do share a lot of things on the internet and I say, this is cozy. And once in a while, someone will comment on the photo and be like, this isn't cozy. <laughs> and I, and it's, I love when they say that it never offends me because I know they're coming from a place of like wanting to call me out because that isn't cozy to them, but it's a teaching opportunity for me to be like, it is cozy to me, but cozy to you is your five senses being at peace. And if you just think of like, everyone in your immediate family and how different you are with like your taste preferences, smell preferences. We're all so different that it's just a really good teaching opportunity when you're making over a space, think of your five senses and what you would enjoy. And that's just the checklist to making a space cozy. I love that you mentioned the senses because when I think of home and even homemaking, I think of the senses, the candles we light, the foods we prepare, the lighting, everything goes in to creating a comfort and a culture within our homes that we can rest and be refueled in. And so I love that you mentioned the senses because that's something that I've been really reflecting over lately of like how magnificent that actually does for someone's soul within their home. You had mentioned that you and Jose married at a young age. Were you high school sweethearts? I wouldn't say that just because we did go to different schools and I don't think again, maybe I'm not good at self-reflection. Maybe that's what this podcast is showing (laughs) me because I, I guess I didn't realize what we had and what we were. And looking back, I just think, you know, it was always him. We started out by just being best friends and then it blossomed into something. And I'm so glad we made that decision because it just has never been anybody else. And there's never been any regret. I'm not saying everything was perfect, but you know, I, I'm just so thankful that we had 
the wherewithal to get married at 19 and were that brave. I look back and I'm like, how was I that brave? You know what right. I mean? And who let these children get married? But <laughs> That's my I'm son just, in five years. So I, I yeah. know. I can't. I, I, yeah, I, it worked out there, you know, there is hope that happens, but I am very thankful. And I do think, you know, we went through so much with loss of a parent, loss of a lot of babies and infertility and the military life. Anyone listening that's been in the military life just knows all of the aspects that go into that. That's never easy. So a good friend of mine, her dad would always tell us if the Marine Corps would have wanted your husband to have a wife, they would have issued him one. And <laughs> that's just the truth. And we laugh at him saying that, but it, it is the truth. It just, it, it's not easy to be married in the military. What did home life look like during that season? Because making a cozy home is so incredibly important to you. And it has been really, it sounds like your entire life. So what did making home look like during that season, during his deployments, when he would come home? That was a really huge journey that y'all went through. What did home yeah. look like through that? Yeah, a couple of different things. I think one thing that I hadn't mentioned is like, my need for a creative outlet has always been there. So I was going to like garage sales even before I could drive and like making over furniture and stuff. So before the internet was a thing and before I shared it on the internet, it's like always been a passion for me. And so I think when we got our first house at 19, we lived in this little town home and it was a creative outlet for me. And I'm thankful for that because when Jose was deployed, I was able to paint and do all of my creative things in a space of my own. And coming from a home life that wasn't that, I think that was actually kind of a gift to move far away and to become my own person and realize what home was supposed to be to me and what I wanted it to be. And then during one of his deployments, I was also given the opportunity to build a home while he was gone. So another creative outlet, we were very young, but you know, I had this house built and when he came home, I, you know, he was able to be surprised with it. He had never seen it or wow. that was, that was really neat. So we always turned it into, I think, kind of an opportunity and on that too, every loss or hard thing we've gone through, I've noticed that God has placed something big in our path. And, you know, it's like one of those reminders of, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be during, after one of our miscarriages, I had the opportunity to open our brick and mortar store, the found cottage here in Michigan. And after another miscarriage, our farm was presented to us. So it was always kind of like these little reminders of we are on the path of where we're supposed to be. It was really good to see those opportunities presented. What a journey. And I think it's actually really humbling and sweet that you shared that your first little house was a town home when you were just babies and first married, because a lot of us, we see the farm. And I think that's kind of a curse of social media is that we assume it's always been that way. I love that you just reminded everyone that you didn't, you didn't always have this farm and you had to make a house a home with what you had. One of my first podcasts, I had mentioned that we lived in a duplex with office carpet. <laughs> it was so ugly, so gross. But like you, I was out thrifting and yard selling, making what we could a home with the means that we had. Um, is it funny to kind of go back and reminisce on where you came from? 
Yeah. And you know what? I, you really reminded me just now. I, I never share that part. I'm always kind of like sharing in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a history kind of gal when I'm sharing on social media. And maybe that's something that's very important because we literally did come from nothing, not being able to afford a frozen pizza. You know, that was a luxury. Um, you know, we weren't given anything or, you know, it's just, everything's just been hard work. And so when you do see things in the moment as you're scrolling on social media, maybe that's a good reminder for everyone listening that as you're scrolling, there's probably a history there or, you know, something, you know, they worked hard to get there. So I, I probably should share that more. I think it's just so beautiful to know that. And just having a knowing that women are in their homes are doing the same things as we are like, their kitchen may look beautiful on Instagram right now, but at breakfast, it did not look like that. Yeah. <laughs> or their laundry room looks nice now, but it it's not always like that. Like they are tending to their homes and doing laundry and chasing children. And you live on a farm, we lived on a farm and nothing's clean and tidy. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of work that goes into the making of a home. And I think that that's so beautiful, but it comes with a knowing and kind of like a mature and understanding that Instagram is meant to be kind of or it is like a little highlight reel to be inspired by and and you capture beauty just so beautiful but I know that you're a mom and you live the farm life and I do both or I have done both and that's the reality of the back end of making a home yeah I actually had to put a reminder up on Instagram this week because I I had a comment about our organized fridge and I had to put a reminder up there that I'm a busy mom, a shop owner, farm and everything. So I only have five minutes a day to share online. And I'm probably going to share something that is inspiring or encouraging or inspires me or like feeds my creativity. And so it doesn't always look like that. Know that there is dirty laundry everywhere. And I'm just sharing inspiration because if I could share all day, you'd see more messes, but you know, no one has time for that. So I had to put that little disclaimer up this week. And I I just think it's a good reminder for everyone. I think it is too. And that's not what makes a house a home. And, and so at least for me, I look at Pinterest or I look at Instagram or I follow who I follow because I'm inspired by the beauty they're creating. It makes me want to pour that into my home. But I do know that like, if there's people living in a home, laundry comes with that or dirty dishes like that's just part of living whether you're a homemaker or not I mean frat guys have dirty dishes and dirty laundry like it's just part of it and so yeah it's life and we all are making our home the way that we believe is important and so I think that that's it's just life like you said and that's why I love following you is you just you share the seasons, you share the good, the beautiful, the not so wonderful, like the infertility and the loss and miscarriages that you've experienced through those seasons. Like we've talked about, cozy means a lot to you. Cultivation of comfort means a lot to you. I know your new book is talking about seasons and it's talking about actual tangible physical seasons like winter, spring, summer, and fall, but we all have life seasons as well. So we touched a little bit about what that making of a home looked like during the season of deployment and Jose and the Marines. What did the cultivation of comfort and coziness in your home look like through different losses and seasons that you and Jose went through? Because I'd imagine 
creating a cozy atmosphere within your home was life-giving for you? It, it taught me a lot. And it was something that, I mean, with every loss or every hardship, it almost propelled me and encouraged me to do that more because it showed me how important it was to have a haven that you could go and escape to together for your soul to heal and just to nurture you every day. But it also showed me how badly I wanted a family when we were going through a lot of losses. And it encouraged me to just practice and do better and create a home so that when we did grow our family, because I always had faith that we would, that I would just be that much better in nurturing our children as well when they came along. So honestly, and everyone's different, but every stumble, I feel like encourages me to just do better and be better. And I'm very thankful for that because after 11 losses, that could have been very different. You know what I mean? But now I look at motherhood so differently. And I hate to say that I am thankful for what I went through, um, but I don't know how else to put it. I am very thankful for all of the hardships because it's made motherhood so much sweeter. I enjoy the messes. I prayed for years for messes because our house was always so clean. I do clean my house every night as I go to bed. I, I crave a clean house. I, I love cleaning, but I just, I prayed for toys everywhere and I prayed to change a dirty diaper. And so now I enjoy doing all of those things. Not that I don't have days where, you know, I'm overtouched and overstimulated and the messes, you know, get to me, but I think it's much less because I prayed for it for so long. That's really powerful because a lot of times we lose sight of what we prayed for for so long we now have and you forget you forget where you came from you forget everything you've prayed for and we're currently living what at one point we prayed for what does coziness look like for you now that you're a mama in copeland's three which is so sweet cozy is different with a newborn than cozy with a three-year-old so what does that look like right now for you guys we were just having that conversation this week saying that like people are so scared to become parents and they ask us and I'm always like the newborn phase is easy. (laughs) Really? I mean, you sleep less, you know, whatever, but then the toddler stage happens. And I do think like cope growing up in a home that was decorated, or I have a lot of antiques and collections. We do get a lot of questions about, you know, doesn't he throw that or doesn't he break that? He's never broken anything. And he is the most wild three-year-old I know. I think when you grow up among that it's not any different. It's, you know what I mean? It's not something new. So I think he, you know, is good to live among that. But I think creating a cozy home with a toddler is you want to see your child thrive and you want to create an environment that encourages learning and playtime. So I love incorporating small spaces that he can utilize. I think, you know, we often don't think let's, we want to redo a room we often don't think of everyone in our family and how we want to function in that space or what we want it to encourage. So I always say like, first, before you do anything, how do you want to use a space and how's it going to function? So creating little corners for you, if you work from home, having a work area and for our children, it's, you know, having a little reading nook or being able to have their toys out and not having to hide them away somewhere. So I love doing things like using lidded hampers to stuff all the toys in. So they're in our main living spaces, but they're also hidden away in a very 
you know, pretty thing. So, you know, I can, you know, feel good in the space too. So it's, it does change and I I'm learning new things every single day. I love that you're talking about encouraging play and all of the things that are important to you and Jose that he has access to, but you're doing it in a way that gives you comfort. I know that when my children were younger, I did the same thing. Only back then, it was like the leathered ottoman with the lift up. <laughs> like the baskets weren't in but I always had their toys put away because I would tell my husband I don't want to live in a daycare like I want to feel at peace within my home and so I I taught my children like here's where your art stuff goes and me I'm like color coordinating their pencils but the funny thing is is they actually do that like they appreciate some organized and balance within their play as well and so our home is aesthetically pleasing for myself the children appreciate it and then when people come over they know we have children I'm not trying to hide that we have children but we have books displayed in a way that it just it serves a purpose but it's beautiful I think William Morris said have nothing in your home you don't know to be useful and beautiful And that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. And it's something I'm trying to instill in my children as well to respect their homes, but have beauty and a purpose within it. I agree. I agree completely. I've been talking on that lately, especially when people ask what our home decor style is. I always say it's cozy cottage farmhouse. And it's because it has that utilitarian Mm -hmm. where everything's useful, but it's pretty. You can have a pretty broom and you can, you know, anything that we have in our home could be out and match our aesthetic. And that's what I'm trying to go towards. You know what I mean? And when it's heirloom quality, it's more sustainable and earth-friendly. You know, you're not throwing away a plastic broom once a year when it breaks. So I love that everything is useful and beautiful. It's so powerful and it makes doing the dirty work of homemaking like laundry like we were talking about and organizing your fridge. I think the homemaking community in general really appreciates beautiful quality goods. And so when you have those products within your home and if you have to save for them, they actually become more special to you when you do acquire them. I mean, now we're kind of in a different season than we were 10 years ago when we were penny pinching to go to Goodwill to find a laundry basket. It's a little bit different for us in our current season right now. But you covet and love the items that you wished for. I know at one point I would make a running list in my phone, in my notepad of things that I would hope to have. And it was always like a wicker laundry basket or just a a beautiful handmade broom, like, like you're saying, utilitarian goods that are beautiful that can be left out. And so I'd ask my mom for them for Christmas or whatever. Like if there was something that was a hundred dollars that I couldn't afford, she would purchase it for me for Christmas. But there's something just so refreshing and inspiring to have even the goods that we use to do our housework to be beautiful it adds charm to the work we do within our home it does and you don't feel like you have to hide or shove anything away and it's definitely like you said it's it's definitely a process over time you know I'm not anywhere near done with that but that would be very expensive but as we go and as we need new things it's nice to think of what's sustainable and what could be displayed in our home. And of course, everyone's home is different and everyone's style. So just thinking more deeply about the things that we never thought deeply about before. Right. And goods that stand the test of time. So it's like, if you're going to buy a really quality broom, you're not going to have to buy another broom for 20 years. 
And so then you have more margin in your budget or whatever to purchase the next tangible good that that serves productivity and beautiful at the same time. Your new book, I'd like to talk about that. So we talked about tending to the home and cultivating comfort in the home through the seasons of life itself. So loss and gains and all of that. But your new book, Seasons, is about the actual seasons that we experience throughout the year. So winter, spring, summer, and fall. And the book is called Cozy White Cottage Seasons, 100 Ways to Be Cozy All Year Long. And I will include the links for your books in the podcast notes, of course. But I'd love for you to share a little bit about the book and how um, how the process of writing it. I'm sure it was not easy. It was through a trying season in all of our lives. You're a new mom at this point when it came out. And so I would just love to hear the journey of the book and then the heart behind the book because I I own it. I love it. Not only is it beautiful and I could sit down with a cup of coffee and just picture scroll, but I also learn from you. In it. And so that's something that just excites me so much is that there's a takeaway, not just inspirational and beauty takeaway, but I can actually like learn something. I have checklists, new ideas I've never thought of. And so I just love it so much, Liz. And so I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about your book. Well, that's an honor that you said that. Thank you so much. I I love putting my passions into the pages of the books, the first book, Cozy White Cottage, and the second book, Cozy White Cottage Seasons. And like you said, we started writing it at the beginning of 2020, which was a very weird and hard time for everybody. And we had a very different look at the book before 2020. We wanted to do these grand seasonal looks. And when 2020 happened, I was like, what is the point of writing a book? You know, what is the point of this? And I had a few key people in my life shake me and say, now more than ever, home is so important. And so we really went back to the basics in the book and it takes you through the entire year of making your home cozy in every season. We often think of fall and winter being cozy, Mm -hmm. but we can be cozy every single day of the year. And that's what this hits on. But we also included seasonal bucket lists, things to do with family, you know, going to fall festivals and going to farmer's markets and just all of these things that you can do to make every season good for you and your family. And we included cleaning lists and just really went back to the basics and tips and tricks, like you said, that everyone can use, whether your home is the style of my home or not, or whether you live in a townhome, a condo, a high rise, anyone can use the tips. I love that. What's your favorite season? Overall. Overall, what's your favorite I would say fall and it's only because I just watch my soul come alive in every aspect. I love all of the fall activities. I love fall decor. I love that you like start to snuggle in a little bit and I just really see myself come alive in the fall time and and winters in Michigan are very hard. I do love, you know, hibernating, but winters are hard. But now that we're like entering summer here in Michigan, if anyone has experienced a Michigan summer, they are the most perfect season too so I like every season but I would say fall is just like where I thrive and I would imagine like all your senses are just tingling for the idea of creating comfort because that's when we start drawing back within where we've been outside all summer we're coming back into the home and so I that's when people are starting to really crave like the candles and the cozy music and the baking and all the things that just embody home I love fall so much. I also love Christmas, but my 
favorite, aside from what you're saying, fall and like the coziness of being home, because I love home so much, is the 4th of July. Like I love it. It screams nostalgia. It screams tradition and memory making. And we love America. And so for one, Jose being a Marine, of course, I'm going to have to tell you, thank you. Thank you for his service and yours. Tell him that. Yeah, Yeah. tell him that. Because in our home, we celebrate the 4th of July in a really big way. And we celebrate our country in the people who fight for our freedom. And so that's why I love it so much. It's like I cry at the 4th of July parades. Like I'm a mess during the 4th of July because I'm just so grateful. And so creating those traditions that just bring that gratitude for where we live is something that could bring me to tears at any moment. And and it's just filled with nostalgia, the popsicles and the root beer floats and the barbecues and all of that. So how are you preparing for the 4th of July? I'd imagine it's pretty special in your home as well. It is. We have an America-loving veteran in this home. And so we definitely, we like to host. I Now that we are on the farm, one of the main goals when we bought our farm was to build a longer table and not a higher fence. I really wanted to use the farm to nurture other people as well, because I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude when God presented this farm to us. And so I, I wanted to give it back to him. I still feel like we're not ready. Like our home is, you know, it's not done. And so I, I love hosting, but I have to really encourage myself. But a couple of years ago, actually during 2020, I sold my vehicle. And with that money, I bought a pool for the farm (laughs) because I no longer needed to drive anywhere. And yeah, anyways, that might sound silly, but it has been like the best purchase for us because it gives us a reason to host. And I mean, we have gotten our money 10 times out of that pool. And it's just really cool to be that house that people gather at. I always wanted that. I never had that growing up. I I didn't have friends over or I just wanted to be that house. And so to see that coming to fruition is, is really cool. So 4th of July and Memorial Day and all the days we like to host here. And you know, it's really cool. We do this at Thanksgiving too, is we love inviting everyone that doesn't have a place to go. So it's always this like mixed bag of people. A lot of them don't know each other and they get to know each other because we did have that moving home after 10 years in the military where everyone was your family. You know, every friend you met was family. You spent holidays together. When we moved home, we realized no one does that. And we felt very alone. And even we moved home the day before Thanksgiving and no one had us over for Thanksgiving and we didn't have anywhere to go. So we spent it alone. And ever since then, I think I'm so scarred from that that I don't want anyone to feel alone. It makes me so sad. And so even Thanksgiving, we just invite everybody if you don't have a place to go. And so we always have this long table of people that get to know each other and it's really cool. I love that. And that I think is the exact definition of homemaking right there is having a longer table, lower fence or no fence, really. I mean, you have to have a little bit of fence for boundaries, (laughs) but having that longer table and inviting people into your home, because that's what it's all about. And we don't create beauty within our homes to not be shared with people. And I think we're all called to be loving of one another. And so I love that you invite people 
from all walks into your home. I love that you you shared with us that you sold your vehicle to build your pool. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that out loud, I'm, but it's the truth. I am so uh, glad yeah. you did. I'm so glad you did because that is an opportunity for sacrifice. We make so many sacrifices in our lives with a grand intention of hospitality or making our home cozier or inviting people in like we we just do that naturally I think as homemakers and so the idea that you sold your vehicle for the memory maker and an opportunity for fun within your home for your company and your family is just so cute I'm so glad you said that yeah I had my dream vehicle it was you know I got it before I was a mom and it was like a dream come true and when you become a mom things just change and you know the things that were important before are no longer important. And so I could not believe I was letting go of it, but this really cute young girl came and bought it. And, you know, she was having this dream come true for her. So that was neat to see too. So, yeah. And I know that's not obviously everyone's journey. Like, you know, a lot of people need more vehicles, you know what I mean? But it was in our journey and I've never, ever, ever regretted it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you one more question. What is one piece of advice or encouragement you can give the women listening to this podcast? Just anything that you feel called right now to share with um, the women listening. I could say so much on this subject. I My brain went to a thousand different places. But first of all, something I hear all the time, I get DMs and emails and comments every single day about money. And I just want to say that a cozy home isn't made just because someone has a lot of money. The coziest homes in my life that I visit are ones that they didn't spend a lot of money on it. And so I do think it's the heart behind it. And we can always say, oh, when I have a lot of money, I'll be able to buy that certain pillow or olive tree, you know, things like that. But when we moved into our home now, it was covered in carpet even the bathrooms and ripping that up and using one can of paint to paint the floors and putting a couple of rugs down was, you know, there's simple changes that you can make that don't cost a lot of money. So I I don't want anyone listening, thinking that you need this huge budget to make it cozy and making it over time. And the second thing that came to my mind was a lot of us are probably on social media. And as you're scrolling, you see all of these people's homes and that look perfect. And we've already touched on, we know everyone has dirty laundry and we know everyone has things that they don't share. You know, they don't have time to share, but also a trap that I fell into. And it's hard for me to talk about because I'm supposed to be the one that doesn't do this is I was doing it for the gram and I was doing trendy things because I knew it would go over well, or I knew it was popular. And that set me into a tailspin of wasting a lot of money and time and energy. And I was creating a home for people online and not for my own family. And so when you're scrolling on social media, it's amazing to get inspiration. I do it every single day, but turning that into how can your family function among that, you know, and will your family enjoy that? Are you just doing it to share it on the internet and really asking yourself those tough questions and being honest with yourself? It's really hard to do, you know, that self-awareness, but it will save you so much time and so much energy and so much money. And so I really want to share that before you fall into that trap like I did. 
That is really powerful. I have the chills listening to that because in your book, you're teaching women how to build their home, both books, how to build their home authentically to themselves. I joke with my best friend saying sometimes I feel like I have designed bipolar because I really love the farmhouse look, but I also really love like the painted walls and the wallpaper. And so it's like I, I felt like I was being torn because I am a creative. I, I appreciate good design and beauty. And so I felt and I still feel sometimes like a loss of self along that. So you're saying financially and where your efforts go and all of that, but it's also for your own heart and your own self to claim your home and build it the way that is authentic to you and the people that gather within it. Yeah. And like what you just said, you know, you are loving two different styles and that marriage in between the two is you. And so I feel like a lot of times, you know, we follow our favorite people and we want to emulate their home. Exactly. And that's not your authentic style, you know, and marrying the two in between, it can be scary, you know, because sometimes we want to use someone's house as the complete guide, but really, you know, finding your in between and going on Pinterest and going on Instagram and saving these images and really writing down, what do I love about that space? Mm -hmm. You know, is it the wall color or do I just love it in their home? Cause I feel the same as you. You're not alone. I I'll be like, why do I love all of these green walls? I guess I have to do a green wall. And it's like, no, I'm just appreciating it in someone else's home. I don't need to do it in my own home. And that's, that is a very fine line to walk. You did that. Didn't you do that? You did that. Your built-ins. I think you painted. I did. You painted them. Yes. I saw these built-ins and I don't even know where I saw them. And so I did this color and walking by it, I was like, whose home am I in? (laughs) It's not mine. I love it. It's great, but it's, it's not my home. And so that was one of the things, I mean, it's been over the past few years. And I I do think, you know, one of the hard things is we want to do our, we want to make our homes cozy really, really quick. You know, we Mm -hmm. see it online. I follow a few people that just moved in five months ago and they'll be like, I'm, you know, we're so slow. And like, I moved in six years ago and there's not one room done. And so, you know, we watch these design shows, you know, we want to do it really quick, but really, you know, pacing yourself, not making quick decisions. I've, I've done all of that and it's, it's wasted a lot. So I hope someone that when I shared it, gathered inspiration from it. And so it wasn't a waste, but I do want to save others that this, sharing their homes necessarily isn't their job and they're not, you know, making an income from it. I want, I want to save them from that. I love that. And I love that you painted them and then you painted them right back to the way you actually wanted. And I'm sure that wasn't easy because I've painted Wayne's coating and it's not easy to ask. It takes a lot of time. What's even harder is looking at your partner and saying, I don't like it after you spent all that time (laughs) writing it. I mean, Jose is used to it at this point and the man has never bat an eye at it. Cause I, you know, we've been married this year for 15 years. Wow. So he, it's second nature. Mm-hmm. He knows it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's probably always thrilled with it, but you know, it really is being honest. You know, do you have a sofa in your home or a family heirloom that you feel like you need to keep because you made that decision? It's like, 
you're not enjoying your home. So what, how can we solve this? You know, do you have a can of paint in the basement to fix something? Or do you sell your sofa on Facebook marketplace and make money to buy a new sofa? And, you know, really asking yourself why you have to keep a family heirloom and, you know, does it bring you joy? It's like honest, hard questions, you know what I mean? But really those are the ones that are going to make your home cozy. Yeah, it's easy to feel like you have to keep things. I mean, things that you don't find joy in and, and they're just things. And so if they're not bringing you an elevated heart for home, like they're just things, you could sell it, like you said, and buy something that's going to replace it. I've sold multiple things to buy one thing that I, yeah. I, I adore and I love that I don't know that I'll ever get rid of because I just love them and they elevate home and homemaking so much to me. And I think that that's really powerful and really special. But with the, with the built-ins, I would like to wrap this up with this. The fact that you have your Instagram platform, you have this amazing blog, you do all of these things, but to watch you want something, like you said, something that someone else had, like the green or whatever colors, you put it in your home and then you said, no, not for me. And then you painted it back to the way that you wanted it. And I think that that was so beautiful and watching you do that. And I don't know that you even realized what happened, at least to my heart. And I'm sure there's a lot of women that felt the same way. To watch you do that gave me the empowerment to claim my home even more. So you can try something and then and in that moment, you can be like, you know what? No, I just want it the way I love it. And so, and there's a grace and beauty and forgiveness in that. And you did that. And I don't know that you even knew that that's what happened. I love that you said that. Cause I think too, like we think our favorite people on Instagram, they just know everyone does it. It's just a lot of people do it off camera. And right. so to admit defeat, that was very hard. I got, I, I do get a lot of people that get upset with things or I get messages, you know, people get invested in your home. I get right. it. But so to hear that is right back at me encouraging you know what I mean because sometimes you know you wonder you're like oh wow I did that I wonder if people are just like wow I don't want to follow this girl anymore she doesn't know exactly what she wants there right away so that was that's cool to hear thank you and probably encourages other people to be more open and honest too so yeah and be brave try something like you were saying marry the aesthetics that you love to make your house a home and if it doesn't work it doesn't work and just repaint it Because our jobs within our homes, especially for creatives or people that just appreciate good quality beauty within their home, that we have that opportunity to claim our homes. That's why I love your blog. You teach so many people, so many different skills that you've acquired from your grandma or through your experience of making a house home, whether it was way back in the condo or to the farmhouse you have now. It's just so awesome. And then your book, you just equip women with the the empowerment to make their homes unique to them. So Liz, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. This was an honor. Thank you so much. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. 
And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of Driven Living.